Welcome to another edition of Food for Thought, a bonus show of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And thank you to our sponsors, SmokingPipes.com, Cornell and Deal, Missouri Meersham, and Savinelli Pipes. Uh, this time we are talking about a subject that I know nothing about because, honestly... My idea of fishing is uh, going to the restaurant and ordering it or going to the market and buying what my wife tells me to buy. So, <laughs> But we're talking about fishing. We're talking about rod making in particular with a fellow pipe smoker. So, uh, Tim Hall, welcome to uh, Food for Thought. Hello. How are you, Brian? I'm I'm doing good and I, and and I got to you know again thank you for coming on and doing this and I've got to admit this is all yeah, you know, I'm completely green at this, so you may have to help me along, and and please don't giggle at me when I ask you really stupid questions. Uh, <laughs> but first, first of all, let's just say you are a pipe smoker, correct? Yes. So when when and what got you into pipe smoking? Uh, about two, three years ago, a friend of mine gifted me a pipe, and. Uh, uh, that's that's what started it. Had had you smoked anything before, or was it or was smoking of tobacco a brand new thing? Uh, pretty much brand new. I I never the cigarettes were not a thing, and I can't I can't dip tobacco. It makes me horribly sick. And same kind of <laughs> with cigars. I can't. Uh, they just I can't, I don't know what it is. I'm just not good at it. So you so you got on the pipe and thanks to your friend so maybe there's a there's a hint there for everybody if you want to get your friend in, interested in you know pipe smoking <laughs> give him a pipe uh, yep that it might work it worked for me is pipe smoking something you do on a daily basis or is it kind of a weekend thing uh kind of a weekend thing occasionally at night um i mean it was i when i was gifted the pipe and I went home and I, I showed it to my wife and I said, you know, before I get into this, is it okay? Because she's not a she's a, a anti tobacco doesn't you know? So uh, she's like, sure, as long as it's not every day. And that was a green light. <laughs> and off you went. And off I went. Now I, I'm assuming that since you make uh, fishing rods, that fishing is something that has been a part of your life for a while uh yes N not not uh <laughs> actually um not very much younger but uh probably in the last five or six years more was that uh, it? i was always around fishing but i just not 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 a lot that's all uh it wasn't something where a friend of yours gave you a fishing pole and said come on let's go fishing was it no, I, in fact, I don't think I've ever been gifted a fishing pole. <laughs> <laughs> so, what kind of what kind of fishing do you prefer? Because I I know there's all you know there's different kinds based off of different waters and stuff like that. I think maybe. Uh, my 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 big passion is ice fishing. Um, I don't know what it is the about it, but because uh, it's you know a little cold out but that's that's number one and after that it's kind of any any fishing it, it doesn't matter they're all good all right so talk us through ice fishing 
and and the process and why are you sitting out on a frozen lake? Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll start with the process first. Um, you know, basically, uh, I have a I have a sled with my gear in it, and the sled actually kind of flips over like a convertible top on a car. And I just uh, check the ice, always be safe, head out, uh, drill holes. And then uh, there's two ways you can set a tip up, which is kind of like a, a, like a flag. It'll pop up and tell you when there's a fish on the line. And then a real short jigging rod. And, you know, you just kind of move around and look for the fish. It's a little easier now. They have uh, sonars you can that are made for ice fishing so you can if there's no fish there you can just move on and it's kind of nice because in the sled there's a heater there's a seat uh so you're not really cold and with the sonar you can usually find some fish uh the reason probably why I, it's you know there's not a lot of people uh i kind of like to be alone <laughs> <laughs> and i'm not really cold and uh I always seem seems like the fish. Uh, I don't know if they taste better, but I, I don't know. There's something about catching fish through the ice. It's just addictive. I, I don't know what it is, but it's that's what I go for. So, but it's it's a pretty simple process. Drill a hole, look for some fish. How do you know the ice is thick enough for you to go out there? Uh, spud bar. It's like a weighted. A stick in the end there's like a it's not directly like a spike but uh you can you you smash it down on the ice if it pokes through after say two hits usually it's telling you the ice isn't thick enough so early season you want to carry that around and then just keep poking as you're walking as long as it doesn't bust through you know and you get out farther where you can drill a hole and actually measure the ice so and there's uh there's always a chart everywhere you look. The I don't know what it is right off the top of my head, but uh safe ice to fish or walk on or you know, ride a four wheeler or, or take a car on it if you went further north, stuff like that. So you just kinda of poke at the ice. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd be scared just poking at the ice. Um, <laughs> it can it can be scary if you because uh, especially early ice if you're poking along and you have you know four or five inches of ice and then all of a sudden you poke a spot and the spud bar goes right right in one poke and there's like in two inches of ice. Uh, you're like, uh oh, everybody back up. <laughs> Slowly back up. Don't anybody <laughs> breathe too heavy. Uh, uh, exactly. Is the ice on a lake, is it thicker towards the shore and thinner in the middle? Uh, depend, depends on the lake. Some lakes uh, that are spring-fed or where the outlet is or the inlet is, it, it could change. You know, So sometimes you just kind of depends on where, uh, where the flow of the water is. Uh, I don't fish any rivers, so I don't know anything about the rivers. Those things, I, I'm not getting on a river, even though... If you go up north, I'm sure they do, but that's too much for me. Yeah, so I guess you also, yeah, so where the water's not moving is where it's going to freeze faster, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, so now you got to find a spot where the water's not moving. I'm, you said drive a car out onto a lake. I'm assuming that's not, you're in Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm assuming that's not in Pennsylvania where there's a hard enough freeze like that. Um, I'm trying to think. This this year, definitely no. Um, I can't think of any lakes by me that they drive on. But I know uh, in New York, if you go up north there, there are lakes you probably could drive on. They get enough ice. And, of course, then if you go to, like, Michigan or north Chicago, up that way, Illinois, then perhaps they can, they can drive out on the ice. Wow. They have, like, they have, then it's like uh, grumpy old men. They're in the shanties. The car's right there. They're, <laughs> you know, having a big party. <laughs> so, so really what you're saying is ice fishing is a way to get away from people and an excuse to do it. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I could see that. And and also, I guess you can take your pipe out there and nobody can complain because you're out there way away from people. Yeah, no, nobody complains. And and uh, and usually the some people that I run into when I am smoking my pipe and I'm fishing, they, uh, they don't actually complain at all. They're very intrigued and... They always want to ask questions. So, <laughs> so the, the the hole that you drill in the ice, um, I, I guess it's got to be big enough to get the fish out of. Ugh, yeah, yeah, that's a challenge. Um, I'm a, I, I like to run a small auger because most of the fish I, I'm going after are not very big, but I have. A, there's uh i'm a big guy guy on weight ratio because you're dragging everything that you have to take so i'm not i'm not climbing mount everest but i'm always kind of making sure if i can get rid of something or when i get something new it's not heavy and i run a small auger and i've last year i actually ran a real small auger and i i got one stuck right in the hole i couldn't get it out i actually landed a nice big crappy and i i couldn't get it through the hole i had to push it back down it was horrible. <laughs> so, so, but I'm kind of picturing the, the poor fish is on the other end, and you're banging its head on the bottom of the hole underneath, and it can't come through, and then you've got to cut the line and let the fish go. Oh, yeah, it was it was horrible. I was soaked. I, I had my arm all the way up to my shoulder in there. All right, all right. now you're going crazy because now you're sticking your arm down in that wet, cold water to try to unhook the fish? Yeah, I had reached down to like, you know, grab it by its lip, like if you were holding it. And I just, I couldn't, because usually they're, you know, they're kind of flexible. It'll bend a little bit, but it just wasn't coming out. So uh, needless to say that the auger went on eBay and I purchased the next size up. (laughs) I'm not laughing at you, I promise. Um I'm just picturing how cold that water had to be in that poor fish sitting there <laughs> with getting his getting a headache from you. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> is is there kind of like an average? I mean, when you go out, are you are you're you're targeting a size and type of fish? But is there like an average amount of fish that you want to get? Um no, I, I'm mostly a panfish guy, so. Uh, it's kind of, and there's no limit because they're very prolific fish anyway, you know, like bluegill and perch, stuff like that. So 
the the more the better a- average size for those kind of fish. So there's you know, and and that's the fish that we like to eat. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. And uh, and then you you'll come. I guess you've got some sort of bucket or something to keep the fish in once you once you've caught them, and then you got to tote that back too. Yeah, usually they get just chucked into the sled. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have to worry about keeping them fresh because they're on ice. Yeah, they're all half frozen by the time you get back. Sometimes they're completely frozen. Yeah, well, it sounds like, I mean, it's a lot easier just to go to the store and buy some fish, but it does sound like it's, (laughs) sounds like it's a little more adventurous. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's adventurous, and uh, I have a few limited number of friends that I like to fish with anyway, and they all like to ice fish, so we all have our own sled, so we're next to each other, we can talk, but you don't have to sit on top of each other, and and if one wants to wander off and check a different part of the lake, they're not s- strapped to you. So it's kind of um, it's kind of nice. So this year, where we had a little bit, where we had a milder winter, did you get? Uh, I mean, did it really kind of screw up your uh, your ice fishing adventures? Uh, yes, it definitely limited my ice fishing adventures, but it helped my marriage because last year was a great winter and, uh, I might've exceeded my ice fishing time. (laughs) And now that, now that we're warming up, I guess just going out on the lake is just not quite your thing. So you're home more during the summertime. Uh, yeah, I get out on the lake a little bit, but not nearly as much as as in the winter so it it uh it kind of balances out all right so let, let's talk about this because you make your own rods and you've been really kind to donate one of your custom-made rods to the to the jdrf auctions um what's the difference between a ice fishing rod and a or pole or whatever you want to call them and a regular one that we might that you might take out on the lake during the summertime uh you obvious right off the top is just length the ice rods usually uh 18 20 30 inches long and a a regular rod would be five foot six foot seven foot are the regular rods longer because you need that arc to cast out or, or or why are the ice rods shorter uh, the ice rods are shorter cause you're, you're sitting close to the hole and you're, and you're going directly down. Okay. There's no casting. So you're, you're right. The, the, uh, longer rod during the summer if you're for casting is, is generally why they're longer. So if you were on a boat during the summertime, you could take your ice rod out and just drop it over the edge of the boat and you'd be, you'd be fine. Except maybe the fish wouldn't come around the boat. Uh, yep. I've 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 used my jigging rods, ice rods off the side of a boat before, just fooling around and and uh, catch fish and stuff, test things out, stuff like that. But yeah, you, I mean, that's generally what it is. Just the length is for for casting out there further. Now, talk to me about what goes into making a making one of your rods. What are they made of? What's the process? Uh, the blank 
itself could be made out of uh, fiberglass or carbon. And there's, oh my God, there's just a bazillion different uh, blanks out there and manufacturers. Not not a bazillion, but a, a lot. Uh, grips, that would be where you hold it. Uh, the rot, the reel seat would be where the what the, holds the reel in. Uh, guides, that's what the line runs through. So, those are those, and the, those are your basic parts. Are the are the materials or the reels or any of that stuff different for ice fishing because of how cold the weather is while you're doing it? Uh, yeah, the reels are a little different. They you could use a like a standard spinning reel, basic to get in. Uh, they make ice reels. Uh, maybe the grease inside's a little different, so they don't freeze up. The guides are usually where the line runs through. Usually a little bigger because uh, when you're reeling the line up and down, if you're not in a shack, it kind of looks like when you're dipping a string to make a homemade candle. It just keeps the ice just builds up on the line, gets thicker and thicker. So you have to clean it off, and it builds up on the guide. So usually you run just larger guides yes i guess as, as you're bringing that wet line out of the water it, it's bringing water back with it and some moisture and it hits that cold air and you could have little icicles build up and then you jam up your you wouldn't you wouldn't even, wouldn't be able to draw your line back in yeah it, it can, if you let it get that big i've had it i've had it come up I'm sure every ice fisherman has. You you reel it up and you'll get a, a chunk and it'll go into your reel and it'll get stuck on this and that. And, of course, it always happens right when you're catching a fish. Yeah, it does. Well, the only reason to pull it back up is that you got something on the line. <laughs> yeah. Or to change your bait. Yeah, and how do you – so is the is the line material the same fishing line and the same kind of hooks and – stuff like that yeah it's just usually it's a lot smaller um i guess it depends on the where you, where you're fishing if you go up north and big fish um it, it would be larger regular size stuff but usually it's all the same uh it's just a little bit lighter tackle uh like line weight and the size of stuff is is usually smaller but it's generally the same same kind of line they they'll brand it for ice fishing but a lot of times it's just it's the same exact stuff is the is the actual fishing line or the pole or is it a combination of both that determines how much weight it can pull back in did I make sense um, with that? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It's a it's kind of a combination of if, if you put uh, like four pound tests on a on a surf rod, you're not you, you know it's it's going to break it at at the four pound strength, but the rod can handle a twenty pound fish. Okay. So it's the they they kind of got to you got to pair them together. So if you get uh, if you get Moby Dick on your on on the line, you're in trouble with a with your with the size of your hole, and then you got to worry about the line and the rod breaking. Yes, and and uh, I guess it, people <laughs> it take it's it, there's some skill involved because I've um, got excited and just you know 
set the hook and didn't think about the drag and just, you know, snap a line. And there's people that are always thinking about all the different aspects and they all play a fish on light tackle and they'll bring in, you know, a seven pound bass on, on three pound test line through an ice hole. So it's some skill involved. Yeah, and I guess you got you through practice. You learn how big the how big the fish feels by you know by hooking many fish and getting a feel for it. Oh yeah, absolutely that, and you, you can tell sometimes how like uh, how far over your rod bends the the tipple the tipple bend, and if you're usually they're lighter tips on ice rods so you have a little more sensitivity you can feel the fish better so you can tell that way sometimes too so the the process of making the of making the rod you you pick out the material that you want to use and then there's some stronger and some lighter material right yeah a lot of it has to do with the style fishing or what you're targeting so if you were going to like if you were targeting uh, like a lot of panfish, small fish, eh, you would be going lighter tackle. If you were going for walleye or or sturgeon, or if you were going, like I said, surf fishing or or pier fishing or or uh, out in a boat for you know uh, tuna or something, it's all just whatever you're targeting. That's then that's what I would build towards okay. material-wise. And then you match up the type of reel that the person wants and the, and the, and all the, and then is there some, are there some parts of it that are just purely cosmetic and for, you know, just appearance? Yes. Uh, the, usually the color and the colors they want the, the guides wrapped with, or if they want anything weaved on the, on by the handle or, or, uh, marbling on in between the, on the split on the grip or anywhere on the blank. It's, that's all cosmetic cosmetic. If, if they have a gold reel and they want gold thread on everywhere on the rod, <laughs> then they want to match it like that. Well, you can get, you can get pretty decorative. Um, does the does the size of the grip do you I guess a big guy you know a guy with bigger hands wants a bigger grip right Yep yeah if he wants a bigger grip or longer I have a friend he's like a like a a Godzilla his arms <laughs> when he holds his arms out I think his arm span is like 7 feet or so it's crazy he's got giant arms and uh whenever I if I have to build him a rod his split grip will always be 2 inches longer than anybody else's so <laughs> <laughs> he he doesn't need the rod. He just sticks his hand down and grabs fish. Yeah, he just he just holds a spool of line that he got it at the store and just hangs it over the side. <laughs> <laughs> so I always ask pipe makers what their you know what their average time is in each pipe. But so if you're just making a, a one of your standard rods, you know nothing too extravagant. What kind of time are we looking at in in making one? Uh, total time for just a standard rod would probably be about six hours. Um, just, just you know, taking your time, make sure all the lines are good and everything's nice and straight and nothing fancy. It's probably about six, and um, and then it just goes up from there. 
<laughs> yeah, I if you do a we I've done a weave that was six hours long, so it could just keep going. Wow, so that was just on, and the weave was just on the grip. Yeah, the weave would be like if I was weaving a pattern right above the grip, or or in the split section on a split grip, something like that. Yeah, I've done. You know, they could just go. And there's people that like I do. I'm I'm still pretty new after a couple of years, and there's some patterns I've seen on on Instagram and stuff like that that are just I don't know how they do it. They just <laughs> they have unbelievable skill and that just really makes the makes the rod look prettier it doesn't really make it more functional no no more function just prettier and it's definitely customized for that person because usually they'll they'll pick out or want a particular color pattern to represent something or that's what they like the way it looks and and that's it there's one one rod and and nothing else is going to be the same I, I i just finished a pair of triplets i did three rods they were supposed to they're supposed to be as matched as i could get them but they wanted marbling on them so that and they all had a different <laughs> each person had a different name odd as that is uh but they um you know that's about as close as you're going to get because they as, as for three that would be the same and even those three were slightly different so wow um real quick before we finish up do you have a favorite uh a favorite recipe for frying up the fish oh yeah perfect uh i like the i like some fish patties uh basically i like uh small pan fish perch bluegill stuff like that um i'll grind the meat up and and i use a cup of panko crumbs and a cup of like 4c breadcrumbs and two tablespoons of old bay and i mix it all together by hand and i make patties and fry them in a pan and that's it they're just they're every they just they go like hotcakes if you put them out wow uh, you forgot the part about where you gotta skin and gut the fish and get all the bones out but <laughs> yeah i left that part out <laughs> yeah, the other part sounds really good. Um, the eat the eating part, and and of course you got to do some hand cut fries, kind of like a fish and chips is what I'm shooting for. Uh, so never podcast record when you're hungry. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> never do it. Do it. I messed up that one, so I'll be I'll be hungry now for a while. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, Tim, where can people go to see your rods, and how can they get a hold of you if they want one? Uh, I'm, I, you know, that's a, <laughs> not to make it any longer. That's a hard one because getting into the custom rod building thing is a challenge. I'm because I'm only on Instagram. Um, it's uh, let's see, I don't even know what it is. Timmy underscore mf underscore hall, and that has an Etsy link to it. But really, they could just direct message me on instagram so go to so. In instagram look at all those you can also wait and see the one that's coming up on the auctions and again thank you very much for that it, it's yeah anytime an artist gives their gives an item you're giving your time and i really appreciate that you're you're very welcome it's a good cause and and i i like to do that um I, as as often as i can i i like to donate some rods out there 
and I guarantee, uh, well, you know, I live in North Carolina. There's really not much use for ice fishing rods <laughs> here. Um, but in the last time, the last couple of times I went, I went out fishing. All I caught was a hangover. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. Not, not quite, um, not quite my thing, but boy, the fish cakes sound really good. So I'm going to talk to my wife about that because we can go buy the fish and without the bones and the guts and the, and the gills and all that stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a super easy recipe and you can use any fish you want in there. And it, it, I don't think, I don't think you can make a bad one unless you burn it real bad. Mm. Well, sounds good to me. All right. Uh, again, thank thank you very much for coming on, and thanks again for donating the rod. You're very welcome, Brian. Thank you. And thanks again to SmokingPipes.com, Savinelli Pipes, Missouri, Missouri Mearsham, which is really good if you're out fishing, and uh, Cornell and Deal, and thank you, Tim, for joining me, and that's just been some food for thought. <laughs>